Today's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be no more joy in heaven over one sinner, or, um, excuse me, there will be more joy over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Here ends the reading. Good morning, happy Thursday. I realize this is a dangerous request because it's still pretty early in the morning, but I want you to close your eyes. I trust you won't fall asleep because I'm going to ask you to think of the ideal holiday dinner table, the idea being that all your friends and family are present. What's less important is the hearty food or decor. Instead, I want you to focus on the faces. You own the pleasure of setting the elaborately penned name placards, so who do you seat next to you? Who's sitting on the complete opposite end? Who have you forgotten? Who did you accidentally forget? Now go ahead, open your eyes. Poof, there goes the ideal table, because it doesn't always look that way, right? We're not usually the ones who get to choose the table settings, and much less the guest list, because everyone is family, and everyone is welcome. Well, mostly everybody. Maybe when you're reading the name placards, you're surprised to find someone was invited. An unfamiliar name, a new spouse, a new friend, when you meet them, they can be just delightful. Or you could be not so pleasantly surprised to find they're not dressed right, not occupied right, not politically aligned right with your family, and you think it's going to cause problems at your table. Maybe you're surprised to see a place setting for a person you haven't seen at the table for years, and you question why what they did is suddenly forgiven, why they've suddenly chosen to return. You're surprised to find place settings for people you don't think belong at your table. Everyone is at different points in their faith journey, so maybe you've decided that you don't like what the table has to offer, don't agree with everyone that's invited, and it's you that doesn't want a place at the table right now. You just can't see God working in your life. It doesn't seem like he's answering your prayers or that he never played a very big part anyway. Maybe you got up and stormed away, angry at God. What's the point of faith at all if he can't protect you or all the people you care about from what seems like perpetual messing up? Temptation, physical pain, mental disorders, emotional turmoil, crushed hope. You can live just as good on your own, right? Even then, God's with you. Even in these times of trial, he is calling you in some way, shape, or form back to the table, back to faith in him, because as many times as you've heard it, we believe it to be true that God put this, puts this strife in our paths for a reason, which is oftentimes, unbeknownst to us, for a reason, and he would never give us anything that we couldn't handle without his support. And that sounds unreal, 
How could God ever expect us to read 178 pages, turn in papers we're proud of, run club meetings, spend quality time with friends to let them know we care, and find time to go to chapel? When we turn our back on God's path for our lives, we think what he's, think what he's offering isn't good enough or that he's not calling us to do something because what we, what we hear him calling us to do is not the answer we want to hear, we do walk away from the table. We've all said it. No, that can't be what God wants for me. That's what you tell yourself on the surface. But you're also all too familiar with that incessant whisper he's, that's telling you the opposite. Take the opportunity. Do it. When we do decide to walk away from faith, though, he's still right there by our side, offering us opportunities to find our way back. Opening ourselves up to the possibility that those seemingly godless bad times can mean something better and viewing them as such, and taking what seems like a mountain in the sleep of faith by taking the opportunities I think maybe he wants me to do, that's when I see God working in my life. My personal way of wandering away from God's table is taking matters into my own hands. It's crazy hard to let go and let God. I want to worry about my classes, whether or not people want to spend time with me, what I need to do now so that I'm successful later. When I offer control to God, though, that's when I realize that he's actually putting so many amazing opportunities in my life, and it's me that's not taking them. It's only when I step back and put my faith in God that I get to see my gifts in action. I get to go on mission trips to Mexico and learn and play with kids who are deaf and start relationships with people I never thought would even speak to me because they were too important when I am actually able to feel balance between work, college, family, and live. And peace, the peace I get from those experiences is where I recognize God's presence again. Maybe you're thinking, well, that's great. I don't get opportunities like that. Or even if I did get opportunities like that, there's no way I can take them because I'm too busy. We permanently possess a seat at God's table, and that can mean anything to us that we want. But do we really want to just sit there and not eat what's set before us and not talk with everyone around us? Wouldn't you feel strange if you invited your family to a dinner you prepared and they, didn't, and they just sat there quietly and didn't even try what you had to offer? God rejoices when we do his will and take on the opportunities he's offering for us to do. But that can be scary. Quite frankly, it can be terrifying. At the end of the day, though, I confess that I feel so much more fulfilled when I give up fighting a little voice and give in than when I set aside that chance for what I think I'm going to feel more comfortable doing. God puts enriching opportunities in our lives so we don't forget to find peace, honor him, and enjoy the life he gave us. Just like how happy we are when we return from such mountaintop experiences, so much more does God rejoice when we decide to take them up, trusting in him, returning to his table. Even though it's hard at first, you can take comfort in knowing that God is always with us, always encouraging us, always there to love us. He is, and actually, he never expects us to do it alone. All it takes is putting matters into God's hands, asking for help, admitting to him that we can't do it alone. And he'll pick us up, us, his little lambs, and carry us on his shoulders like the proud father that he is. In this reflective time of Lent, try accepting God's grace. It doesn't have to be a big mission trip. It can be a little one. It can be taking, your fam taking a friend that you know is going through a hard time to coffee. It can be going to Bible study. It can be letting God know 10 things you're thankful for at the end of the day and five things you're scared about for the next before you go to bed. Conjure up those memories of times when at first you thought something was a disaster and it turned out really, really, really cool and use those for inspiration. These happenings aren't luck. They're blessings and your life is riddled with them. 
Faith is our everlasting and inexhaustible ticket to the table. It's a reminder of grace, the opportunities of life that God offers all his children, and that all God's children deserve it, including you. Amen.